Hey, I'm Nathan, the online pastor around here, and welcome to Parkview on the Go. If this is your first time checking out our online community, uh, let me just tell you what we're about. We are here to help you connect with a God who created you, loves you, and regardless of your past or your story, is pursuing a relationship with you. One of the best ways for you to get connected to our community, and really just to let us know who you are, is to fill out the Next Steps form at parkviewchurch.com slash nextsteps. On that form, you can even get signed up for a weekly email from us that will keep you up to date about everything going on at Parkview. Before we get started, there's one really cool thing I want to tell you about. We believe that you can only grow spiritually when you're connected relationally to other people who are trying to become more like Jesus, like you are. All over the globe, we have people who meet regularly online to talk about life, to read the Bible together, and to pray with each other. That means no matter where you live, you can find a group of people just like that who will encourage you to grow in your faith. And we call these groups small groups. And if you're ready to take that kind of step, you can find out more information or get signed up to be a part of a group at parkviewchurch.com groups. Thanks again for being here. I'll be back at the end to close us out. Enjoy the service. Welcome, everybody. Glad to have you here. Welcome at all of our campuses, Homer Glen and uh, New Lenox and Orland Parker. Really glad to have you here. Got to go meet my new grandson, August, this week on a quick trip out to California. Spent most of my time doing basically this, just, uh, yeah, that, this, that. Just because, you know, I mean, he's, he was like a preemie and he's like six pounds old. So he just, he just was there the whole time. And so this is how I wrote my sermon um, and, uh, and in case you're wondering, uh, I was installing a Wi-Fi switch for my son-in-law, so that's why the live wires are hanging right above my head. And uh, if you need any help with electrical stuff, just, just call me. I, I, I got it, okay? But, but, you know, having this little uh, just barely six-pound baby grandson on my chest, like I said last week, just a lot of perspective. Um, you know, with a capital riot last week, wondering if this week is going to be peaceful. And Monday is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And really, this has taken a deeper meaning this year with all the racial tension that has gone on. And here's the thing you need to understand. Okay, God is love, and God's best happens when we default to love. And it's entirely one thing to love our friends, but it's an entirely different thing to love our enemies. And that's what Jesus taught us, and that's what's sorely lacking in our world right now. And I don't know if anybody understood that more than Martin Luther King Jr. I mean, he wasn't perfect, but I think he got the idea, okay? Here's what he said. We must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. There is some good in the worst of us and some evil in the best of us. This is what we're going to talk about today. When we discover this, we are less prone to hate our enemies. Okay, I believe that's where we need to be today, and I'd just like to pray. Father God, thank you for... Um, for Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and his, uh, his legacy, and, and more importantly, thank you that as much as possible, he tried to represent Jesus and love and nonviolence as he still stood strong by the rights, the civil rights that he believed in. And I just thank you for that example, and I pray that 
our country will figure that back out again. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. So we're talking here about what's best for you, okay? This series is uh, based off of Paul's prayer right here, Philippians 1.10. I pray that you may be able to discern what is best. One of God's wishes for you is that you would be able to discern, examine what is best. Not just what is good, but what is best, because you know this to be true, right? If you don't discern what is best for your life, somebody else will. But what is God's best? The verse before this, Paul says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Let me read that again. I pray that your love will overflow more, like we just talked about, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. God's best happens when we default to overflowing love and when we grow in knowledge and understanding. I'm talking about spiritual growth here, okay, basically. So wish you were here is, is God saying, hey, I, I, I love where you're at, but there's a better place for you. I'm here and I know that this is better for you and I wish that you were here. And here's some things I noticed this week as I was thinking about it. I've noticed there are a couple of different kinds of wishes for growth and knowledge and understanding. There are wishes that are out of our control, you know? I wish I was better looking. I wish I had more hair. I wish the Bears could someday have a franchise quarterback. Just one, dear Lord, please, could it happen? But there's nothing we can do about it, right? But then there are wishes that are under your control, or at least partly under your control. And I believe that what Paul is talking about here, spiritual growth, is something that is under our control. He's, he's writing to church people, and he knows that there is stuff that they can do about understanding God's best. It's not just a matter of the power of God. Otherwise, he wouldn't have told them his prayer. He would have just prayed it, Right? I can pray for my kids to move back home from California someday, and honestly, the way things are going out there, I think God's trying to answer my prayer, but if I tell my kids, I'm praying for you kids to move back home from California, what is that? That's not about God, that's about me pressuring them, that's about me guilting them, you understand this, right? I mean, even Elon Musk moved out of there for crying out loud. Everybody's figuring it out. But Paul knows that these people can have something to do with their growth and their ability to discern the best things in their life. So what is it that's getting in the way? And if you ask yourself, if I ask myself, why am I not farther along in an area of my life, whatever it is, we realize, I realize that the reason I'm not farther, I mean, I made a joke about big arms last week. The reason I don't have bigger arms than I do is because I didn't do things along the path of my life that would have caused me to have bigger biceps, okay? I have, it, nobody else's fault but mine. When we look at past regrets, we realize I probably could have made some different choices that would have saved me a lot of pain. And here's the other thing I've noticed. When I look at people that I look up to, I think about where they are in life and that, man, I'd really like to be there. I realize that I'm really only a few decisions away from where they are. The difference between me and the people that I look up to are the decisions that they've made to get them there and the willpower to back up those decisions. So maybe, wish you were here and wherever you know God wishes you were, maybe it's not that far away. Maybe we just need to start doing a few things differently. 
But here's where we land today. It's a proverb, Proverbs 25, 28. Solomon said, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Who woke up today thinking, boy, I sure hope PT talks about self-control today? Raise your hand. Yeah. Proverbs 25, 28. That's my favorite verse. I'm so excited. No, I know. I know. I get it. But seriously, have you grown in knowledge and understanding in the past year? Have you, have you, have you grown in the area of love in the last year? Have you grown in what you know is God's best for you in the, in the past year? Because I know with this crazy year that we had, I know a lot of people would say, well, I grew my waistline, you know, I grew my dependence on alcohol, I grew my understanding of chess by watching the Queen's Gambit, that was awesome, but I'm not so sure about the God stuff. And and I got to be honest with you, I'm not so sure about me either. It's been a weird year. In Solomon's day, You get the wall analogy, right? It's protection. If there's a wall, there's protection. If there's no wall, the people are vulnerable. So the imagery that Solomon is using here is so clear in our lives. When your walls are not fortified, when they're not strong, you are susceptible to the things that are going to come at you from the outside, i.e., if you don't discern what's best for your life, someone else will. So how are your walls? What about those times you want to be more disciplined and then you just realize you just spent two hours scrolling through your phone? What about those times when you know you want to lose weight and then you realize your spouse went to Costco and bought the barrel of cheese puffballs? You know what I'm talking about? Or or, or that time when you decided you really wanted to work on your relationships, but they're not going the way you thought, so you just opened another bottle to avoid the reality that you're already in. Listen to me. God may have a million wishes for your life, and you may have a million wishes for your life, but we may never realize those unless our walls are good. So are you ready for this? This is what I came up with this week. What we need is wall power, okay? Not willpower, we need wall power. You with me? See, the problem is I don't like the word self-control because once you're a believer, and hey, if you're not a believer, if you don't have the power of the Spirit inside of you, you need, to, you need to open up and say, come on in right now, because I don't know how you do any of this without the Spirit. The deal is, once the Spirit is living inside of us, it's not self-control anymore. The Bible tells us that the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, right? But, so, so it's not really the fruits of Tim, it's the fruits of the Spirit, But Tim can decide how much he's controlled by the Spirit, or he can decide how much he's controlled by the flesh. So here's what I mean. Wall power is about the things I do. It's about the things I do to allow God's Spirit to do the best in me. Okay, it's a partnership. Robert Louis Stevenson famously wrote, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, in in the prologue of, of that book, he said, in each of us there are two natures, good and evil. It is the curse of mankind that these polar twins should be constantly struggling. And you know the story, Dr. Jekyll creates a serum that will separate the two natures and he thinks he's going to allow him to get rid of the evil one, but of course it backfires and Mr. Hyde starts taking over. 
And it's not really that scary of a story to me because all I can remember seeing is the Looney Tune versions played by Tweety Bird, right? There's the bad one and there's the good one. That's all I remember. So it's not that scary. But the problem is we don't have the power to master ourselves. We don't really have the power to control our passions. That's why we have to rely on a greater power than ourselves, right? It's this partnership. And I want you to see this. The Apostle Paul wrote it this way. I, I know that Mr. Hyde lives in me, okay? Nothing good lives in me, my sinful nature. I cannot desire, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Puffballs. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do, I want to do. This I keep on doing. It is the sin living in me that does it. But what does this go on to say? What a, you missed the cut. Come on. What a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death. Okay, it's a real bummer of a verse so far, right? Then he transitions. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Christ Jesus our Lord. You see the difference? It's awesome, isn't it? So is wall power, thank you, is wall power possible? Then he goes on and he says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Here's where we get into wall power. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. They have their minds set on what the spirit desires. With me? So this is where wall power comes from, our minds being set. Now, please understand, he is clearly not talking about salvation here. The verses in between this is a very famous verse at the beginning of Romans 8 says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Please, please, please don't hear this as judgment. If you don't know me well yet, I do not think anybody is motivated by judgment and guilt except obviously my kids who live in California. This is not how you get to heaven, okay? This is about, I wish you were here. There is a better place for you to be. And when I think of the people that I know who have let their walls fall, let that statement set in and a picture just popped into every one of your heads. When I think of the people that I know who let their walls fall, people I know who preached about it to other people, but didn't have wall power, it makes me very sad. And when I contrast that with my father-in-law, who was not perfect, just passed away a few weeks ago and left a legacy of wall power for all of us to follow, and now I have another grandchild, my sixth grandchild, and a grandson, no less, I can't let my walls fall. And I sure wish that for you too. Minds set on the spirit. All right, so what do we do, PT? If you want better wall power for 2021, here's, here's what I came up with, all right? The first one, straight from scripture, take enemy thoughts captive. Flip over to 2 Corinthians and Paul says, here's what we're gonna do. We're going to demolish the arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we will take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. 
Take captive every thought. Say that with me. Take captive every thought. That's what we're going to do and make it obedient to Christ. The place you want to start with your wall power is inside your castle. It's inside your walls, okay? If you have these traitors inside these double agents inside your walls, it won't matter how strong your walls are. What do they look like? I'll tell you what they sound like. Here's what they sound like. What if I tried it just once? What if I texted her? What if I messaged him? What if I just let that detail out of my taxes? What if I skimmed a little bit off the top? What if I could get away with this? We've all allowed these traitorous thoughts inside the walls of our minds and we can't allow them to continue to work against us or the walls don't matter because they're already in here. And what does he say? He doesn't say, hey, give them a stern talking to. No, we should not say demote them. We don't dock their pay. We throw them in the slammer. We take them captive. Don't make it comfortable. Take it captive. That's what you do with those thoughts that pop in and you're like, oh yeah, maybe, I don't know. Nope. You take it captive. When the thought gets there, you immediately decide, is this a good thought? Is this God's best thought or is it not? What am I going to do about it? If it's a great thought, then you promote it. Great. This is good. If it's not a great thought, cuff them. You don't even have to read them their rights. They don't have any rights. You take them captive. Is it possible? (laughs) You know what? I'm just going to be honest. It just depends on what you do with this thing up here. I have been way more self-disciplined this week because I've been thinking about wall power all week. I'm just going to tell you. I mean, I was in Southern California, so I did have in and out once. I mean, that's got to be allowed, right? But just thinking about the whole thing has made me handle things a lot better. When those thoughts come in, I'm like, no, you're, you're, you're out of here. And, and actually, what will really help you in this area is to make a pre-decision about your thoughts. The battle for what's best in your, in your life, the battle for the good walls around your life, does not begin when the attack happens. It be, doesn't begin in your heart. It begins in your brain. When that moment comes to make the best decision about what God's best is for your life, you should have already made the decision, the pre-decision. And that is based on what you know is going to be God's best for you. You know what the end is going to be, so you make the decision before you ever get there. This is not spiritual, but my great example over the last couple years is gluten. I finally realized that gluten is an inflammatory to me. I'm not allergic to it, but it's an inflammatory. And if I eat gluten, it really messes up my back. And I learned my lesson the weekend that Montel and Kristen Jordan were here. And I I had been gluten-free for a while. And I wanted to take them out for a a nice dinner. And we went to a nice dinner at this steak place. And we had a great dinner. And the the waitress came around with, uh, you know, the desserts. And there was a carrot cake on there. And, and, and they were like, oh, that looks really good. I'm like, you guys got to get the carrot cake. Well, I mean, it was like, you know, they bring it out as like the whole cake is the dessert. And so they're like, you want to try a piece? And I'm like, I mean, that's a weakness. That is a, <laughs> we had a woman in one of the churches my dad pastored in Oklahoma that brought us a carrot cake every week. Why don't you guys do that? 
Oh yeah, I'm gluten-free, Never mind. So here's the bad part of the story. Okay. Here's what happened. They sliced me off this tiniest little piece and I ate it and it was unbelievable. And I thought, you know, I think that was worth it until I woke up the next morning and I had to come out here and introduce them. And I mean, I was crawling around back there. That's how bad it does for me. So what have I done? I've made a pre-decision on gluten. You offer me a beer? Pretty simple. No. I mean, Corona's gluten-free, but nah, forget it. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing it, okay? I'd rather go hungry than wake up in pain, more pain than I already do. So I'm going to take those thoughts captive. Number two, if, if you want better wall power for 21, you demolish the strongholds on your wall going on in 2 Corinthians, okay? We use God's mighty weapons, not the worldly weapons, to knock down, rooted people, you're going you're gonna to get this right, knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. Strongholds should be familiar to you if you've been through rooted, and if you haven't, I'd say that's probably worth, this whole concept is worth the whole 10 weeks of doing rooted together. And I hope those of you, you guys that have just started, you're going to be there, it's week four or five, something like that. Here's what we learned about strongholds, okay? A stronghold is a lie that you believe to be true. It's just that simple. But what it is, is it's a lie that comes from the devil. It's a lie that comes from the evil one who's telling you things, and it is a chief weapon of the enemy. And think about the, the whole terminology of stronghold. What's a stronghold? Okay, this is, a, this is a thing that is keeping you hostage and is keeping you between where you are and where you're going to be or where God wants you to be. And what are you gonna do with it? Well, you're not going to demote it, and you're, you know, you're not going to dock its pay, and you're not even going to capture it. Paul said, I want you to destroy it. I want you to destroy it completely. And it's a great picture for me of wall power, because imagine your wall, if it's got little holes in it or little rocks that stick out, you know, like they do on the wall climbing thing. How much good is your wall if there's a bunch of handholds and footholds on the side of the wall? They are strongholds, and you've got to demolish them. I love the story. The two men are hiking through the woods one day and came across this really big sinkhole. And they're like, wow, that looks deep. Let's throw a rock in. They threw a rock in. They never heard it hit. They got a bigger rock. They threw it in. They never heard it hit. About, one of the, about that time, one of them saw an old railroad tie sitting there lying in the weeds, and, and they said, well, let's do this. Surely we'll hear this one hit. And they threw it in, and, and, and they didn't ever hear it hit the bottom either. And just about that time, all of a sudden, this old billy goat came running like crazy and charged out of nowhere and jumped right in the hole. And the men just stood there, too stunned to speak. About that time, the farmer came out of the woods. He said, you guys seen my goat around here? And they said, we sure did. Craziest thing I ever saw. It came running out of the woods and just dove right in that hole. And the farmer said, now nah, that could have been him. I had him tied to a railroad tie. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. What are you tied to? What's a stronghold that's dragging you down? It's a stupid story, but it's a good thought because you all just thought of it, didn't you? Let's play this out so far with our walls, okay? Pick, I'll pick an easy one, alcohol, okay? It's up 14% in 2020, alcohol consumption, okay? Doesn't mean that's a problem, but the, the stats that I read this week are heavy drinking is up 41% in women, 
Uh, women are having a tougher time with this than men, okay? Heavy drinking. I don't know what they, you know, I don't know what that is, okay? But, but the first thing you do for wall power, if you've got, and you guys that are in AA, you, you men and women who are in AA, you get this, right? The first thing you do for wall power is you make a decision about some people that you will or will not be around. You're not, if you're going to be successful in kicking this thing, you got to quit hanging out with your alcoholic friends. And you also make pre-decisions about where you will go. You're not going to go to that place where you always used to drink. And you're going to make a pre-decision about what you're going to say if you're in a situation and somebody offers you a drink. You take that thought captive. But the next thing you do is you demolish the strongholds. Every bottle of alcohol in your house or your car or your office If alcohol is your problem, I'm not saying that it is, but if you have an alcohol problem, every bottle of alcohol in your house is a stronghold. The road in front of the bar that you used to hang out in is a stronghold. Anything that makes it easier for the enemy to scale your wall is a stronghold. And Paul says you don't deal loosely with strongholds. You destroy them. You are, you are like Liam Neeson in Taken, okay? You remember that? I don't know why it's popped into my head recently. They kidnap his daughter, and they call him, and he says, look, I don't know who you are. I, I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you that I don't have any money. But what I do have, remember this line? What I do have is a very particular group of skills that I have acquired over a very long career, skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. And if you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not pursue you. But if you don't let her go, I will look for you and I will find you and I will kill you. And that's what Paul says should be our attitude about our strongholds. That seems a little extreme, PT. I don't know, is it? Was that extreme for Liam? Did you watch that movie and think, man, that guy really needs to chill, do some yoga? Of course not. It's that important. Are those enemy thoughts and those strongholds going to harm your family? Then hunt them down and destroy them. Are they going to harm your children? You need to Liam Neeson, all of them. They should be captured or destroyed because I want to protect my family. I want to protect my legacy. One more idea for wall power. Um, And I thought there's got to be some other layer of protection, right? And maybe you could grease the wall. And I, I found this squirrel video I just thought was funny. See, if you put, if you put oil on it, <laughs> you could do that to your wall. Come on, you can do it, little buddy. Come on, you got it, you got it, you got it, you got it. No, just, just a little coconut oil. It's really simple. You could do that to your wall. But, but, but really, think about the wall thing. Back in the day, there were ways to add an outer layer of protection. Some of the, the fortresses were surrounded by another wall that they would call a curtain wall. And then others of them, I mean, think about fairy tales. What did they have? They had a moat, Right? They had an outer layer of protection, and I want to tell you that the third way to have wall power in 21 is to add the outer layer of protection using the Word of God. And and I I know some of you are going to be like, PT, can't you come up with something else to help us in the whole Bible reading thing? And sure, I could. 
But it'd be like telling your doctor, you know, doc, could you just not mention my eating or my drinking habits next time I come in? Can't you just give me some magic pill, let me keep on eating and drinking whatever I want? Does that sound familiar? Spiritually speaking, you can ignore God's word if you want, but it's hard to have wall power without it. If you want to put an outer layer, you're you're blowing the strongholds off the wall. You're taking captive all the double agents inside the wall. But if you want to add an outer layer of protection, you read the word. You get in the word. You pick a set time. So you can do it that same time every day. Morning person, evening person, doesn't matter. You set a set location, a favorite chair in your car over lunch, whatever it is. Try to make it private so that you can read a little bit. If you're like, I don't know what to read, guess what? There's a ton of stuff out there, okay? If you lose weight, you know, what, if you want to lose weight, you don't just go, well, I don't know anything. You go figure it out. There's a, there's a Bible app on your phone that's so simple and has all kinds of Bible reading plans and devotional guides and all kinds of things for you to do. And one idea you could do, since I'm doing this out of Proverbs with the whole wall thing, super easy, Book of Proverbs has 31 books, and they're all just like individual Proverbs, and there's 31 possible days in a month. So if it's January 20th, you read something out of Proverbs 20 and meditate on it. Read through it till something hits you, and, and just think about it. Take 10 minutes and, and write down what stood out to you and pray. You would be amazed you shouldn't be amazed because the Bible tells us your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do what is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. This is how you find God's best. And by the way, Jesus who didn't have any traitorous thoughts on the inside and didn't have any strongholds on the outside, when he was tempted by the devil, what did he have? He had scripture. The devil never made it through his scripture. Every time the devil tempted him, he's like, hey, here's a scripture for you. Liam Neeson, buddy. And, and I love this. I've got to come back to this. I love what Paul says because Paul says, don't, don't sit there and go, I just, I don't think I can. God has given us the power to deal with it. It's not just self-control, it's spirit control. And notice this one last thing. Paul says, look, I'm writing to you, I'm praying for you to have knowledge and understanding and growth in love in your life. I'm praying for you to have God's best because I really believe it's God and you together, and obviously I'm mentioning it to you because I want you to partner in it with God. But then he says this at the beginning of Philippians, which I think is really important, because I wouldn't want to leave you feeling hopeless, that being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He began the work in you. It's God's power. Okay? When God looks into the studio of my life, he doesn't see an unfinished work of art. He, do, he doesn't say, I don't, even, I don't even know what that looks like. He says, no, no, no. I see what this is going to be, and I'm going to help you complete it. Not because of you, but because of me. The deal is, we have a partnership. We get to partner with God in our spiritual growth. It's not our problem, but it's not just his problem either. And when we do, our walls will be strong, and we won't be another one of those sad stories. 
and we will find God's best. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the good examples in my life of people who had wall power. And honestly, I pray for those who were bad examples at it because they still are saved. They still love you. They still have your grace to rely on. And I hope that they bounce back. Um, I know many stories that are like that. And I have those stories in my own life. None of us are going to get this right, Lord. It just, just frustrates me to think about what's happened to all of us in the, in the last year with this pandemic and quarantine and changing everything around. I've seen some areas of my life get better and some get worse. And I've seen some people get better and some get worse. And we have the best in front of us. But it's going to take us partnering with you. Thanks be to God for his incredible gift in Jesus Christ. Let us claim that power today. It's in your name we pray. Won't you stand with us, church?
Go ahead and grab a seat. Uh, we're about to go to take a time of communion, an opportunity for us to check our walls, to go back and remember what God has done for us. So uh, if you're online with us right now, it's a good chance for you to go grab a cracker, maybe some juice. Uh, if you came in with us here today, uh, hopefully you grabbed one of these packs. And they're real easy, just uh, tear off the top layer to grab the wafer and the second layer to grab the juice. But I'm going to invite us to hold the elements just for a moment. Uh, let's just think about some things that PT said to us today. Uh, let's go back. Let's remember all that God's done for us. And then I'll come back out in a few moments and we'll take communion together. You know those moments when you realize your wall's broken <laughs> and you don't know where to go or what to do? Every time that we do this, we get to go back to Jesus and remember what he did. And we get to rely on him and we get to remember how much he loves us. And then we lean into that, and he, he helps us. He fixes that wall for us. So, friends, that's what we're doing right now. We're going back, and we're remembering, and we're proclaiming the death of our Lord until he returns. So with that in mind, the body of Christ given for you, take and eat. Now the blood of Christ shed for you, give, take, and drink. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for uh, loving us so much that you'd go back and you'd die for our sin. And Father, when you left, you had a promise that you'd come back. And so Lord, until then, Father, find us faithful. But Lord, in these moments where we need you, God, I pray that you give us courage to ask you for help. Uh, God, help us to show our walls. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Everyone said amen. Hey, I'm so glad you came to our church today. I really am. Thankful that you got to spend Saturday afternoon with us. Uh, before you go, don't forget, you can sign up for small groups. Pastor Kevin will be out there in the lobby uh, to meet with you if you'd like to do that. Uh, also, if you came today and you'd like to give, you can do that by going to our website. Uh, or if you're someone who likes to just give in person, we've got giving boxes outside by the doors as you leave. You can drop your gift there. Uh, no matter uh, where you're headed this afternoon, hope and pray that it's a beautiful day for you. Why don't we stand up together as you do. I pray that out of his glorious riches... He may strengthen you with power through the Spirit in your inner being. That's wall power, right? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how high and how deep is this love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the measure of faith to all in the fullness of of God. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a great afternoon, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. Listen to these lyrics from one of my favorite worship songs. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone and I will not be shaken. For me, that pretty much sums up what it looks like to follow Jesus, to build our lives on the one who will never let us down. And the beautiful part is that you don't have to have everything figured out to start taking steps toward God. If you decided today to take a step, maybe for the first time, just fill out the next steps form at parkviewchurch.com slash next steps, because we would love to help you continue growing. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. See you next time.